previously on the Simply Human podcast. Well, okay, so the, the thing should have said, like, large cup of coffee, 50 cents. Transients free. Transients question mark. <laughs> <laughs> If you can, if you can produce sufficient paperwork establishing what a transient is, and that you are instantly, that's a, that's the beginning of the negotiation. It's episode twenty-nine of the Simply Human podcast with your hosts Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy. And how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it's a repeat guest. Eva T, the great Eva T, alpine skier, two-time Olympian in the U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame. Uh, We uh, connected in Paleo FX, and she's going to be back on. Uh, We're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff, including flossing and uh, the Paleo label and lots of other cool stuff. Then it's another moderately funny edition, although this one is funny. It's another funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with Robert Bentley, who we had on episode 28. Hopefully you enjoyed the bakery stories. We just basically a continuation of the bakery stories. And uh, one thing to look out for is what Rob would charge us for... Uh, him driving us around and it was not <laughs> and it was not money and we'll wrap up with our simply human tip of the week how are you rick uh i'm good i'm already thinking back about like uh, when we talked to my brother on the phone that was uh i think even jeff spakes will agree like this this qualifies as an actually hilarious edition of <laughs> humans being human not like moderately funny i've listened to it several times and uh, but before we get to anything i have a question uh and i need you to put on your officer rick hat okay um, my, uh, hang on Okay, it's on. Okay, uh, I have been arrested and I'm in jail. I need you to come get me. Just kidding, that did not, that did not happen. Um, like, what? They let you have Skype in jail, man. <laughs> I have you got my, fourteen, baby. My podcast studio. Okay, here's a question. You're at a you're at a, a left turn light. Okay, you're like the tenth car back. Okay. The light turns green and everyone is like rushing to get through the light. The light, the green arrow turns yellow and then disappears. Although the green light is still there but all the cars still keep trying to tail on to the next one and not let the oncoming traffic come through the green light is right. if you're sitting there at the at the intersection and see like two or three cars you know egregiously doing that do you pull them over and if so what have what crime have they committed i don't remember the exact name of the statute in texas in oklahoma it was called fail to yield left turn intersection Basically, you'll see signs like on top of the traffic light that say like, "Hey, uh, if you if you're turning left, like uh, I don't remember what exactly the signs would say, but like you know what I'm talking about. If you're turning left at an intersection and you have a green light, you have to yield to oncoming traffic. Right. And if you don't yield to oncoming traffic, it is a failure to yield. It's a failure to to fulfill your obligation to yield to the people that have the right of way. That is actually one of my traffic pet peeves. And you so yeah, I stop people for that. Uh, okay. I'll stop people for that a lot because it causes that. That is a, a huge, uh, in my experience, more so than like speeding cars. Uh, the ones that cause the most car accidents, at least that I've ever worked, are those uh, failed to yield uh, to some. It's some variation of failure to yield. Left turn intersection, failed to yield to oncoming traffic, failed to yield from a private drive. Like when you're leaving like the gas station parking lot and you pull out on the street. You have to yield other right. cars. Well, fail to yield from a private drive, like uh, that causes cre- uh, wrecks too. So, those are the ones that are my traffic pet peeves. Are the ones that make me work extra hard, <laughs> which means the ones I have to work car accidents for. And so uh, uh, I tend to get a little bit more. 
uh, worked up over those. But right. yeah, that, that that'll by me at least that'll get you stopped. Yeah, and that, that there's an intersection right near my house where people do that, and I'm like, I know, like I've timed the light, and I know how many cars can like come through. And I'm like, oh, you're not doing this to me, buddy. And I'll like, I know right when the light's going to turn green. So I'll like, I'll shoot up and try to get in the way so they can't do it. And I haven't gotten in a wreck yet. I probably shouldn't do that. I will peer out in my personal car. I'll periodically do that because I can see, you know, part of my, uh, my superpowers of being a policeman is I can see when something's about to happen. And so I'll just get up in the intersection when someone's about to do that. I can tell. And I'll just lay on the horn yeah, like, uh, like a real huge, like a real big jerk uh, and make a real real complete rear end out of myself. Yeah. Uh, but eh, it's on the principle of the matter. Well, uh, that, thanks for clarifying that for me. I'm glad. Well, to you're know, welcome, Mark. Yeah, you're I'm, welcome. I'm glad to know that those people are all in, uh, in discordance with the law of Texas. Uh, how, how was Easter? It was good. Easter, I had to work, but, uh, uh, we, I got up a little bit early, uh, in the afternoon. We did an Easter egg hunt in the backyard. This is actually kind of funny. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but my wife, took the plastic Easter eggs that had some candy in it. Actually, she didn't even do that. The younger one goes to Mother's Day out, and he got a ton of Easter eggs like the week before, right. like the plastic ones with candy. And so instead of getting more, we just hid, like <laughs> stole those from him and didn't tell him about them. And we re-hid them on Sunday. So instead of getting twice as many eggs, he just got the first around. But we hid them in the backyard. Well, my older one, Jason, like I have two boys, and they're going around finding eggs, and a good time was had by all. And Jason comes up and said, Daddy, there's an ant in my basket. And I looked down, and there was not an ant in his basket. There were 100,000 <laughs> ants in his basket. I guess where my wife hid one of these eggs, and she didn't even hide them very well because, you know, they're kids. I can't find them. Uh, right, I guess, where a bunch of ants were, and they're like, Ugh, candy. And like swarmed the egg. And I uh, was like, oh, my God, and, like, freaking me out. And I opened the egg, and inside the egg were another 100,000 ants <laughs> swarming over the piece of candy. So so Easter uh, egg hunt turned into sort of mass chaos, screaming, uh, blood spurting. Well, at yeah. first, like, I blamed my wife. Like, she's the one that makes ants like candy. Of I was course. like, what are you doing <laughs> hiding Easter eggs outside, you you big dumb idiot? And I was like, well, that's kind of stupid. That's, uh, I think everyone has done that today. Yeah. <laughs> you moron. What is wrong with you? So I took him inside and tried to wash the ants off, and that didn't work. So I just chucked him out in the street. <laughs> the, nice. Some of the ones that were especially <laughs> ant infected. Gave them to them your off. annoying neighbor kids. Here, yeah. here's some nice ant uh, eggs. Free Easter eggs out in the middle of the street, kids. <laughs> Go pick them up. Well, we we had like a fire pit uh, thing going on Friday night, and so the, the girls got their first s'mores they've ever had, where we lit you know marshmallow on fire and did that whole deal. And so on on Sunday, we just hid like a penny in I think we counted 120 something eggs between two girls so they each got like 60 pennies and of course they were just as happy as as anything so there's a tip give your little kids pennies they don't know any different uh, yeah that's not a safety hazard for the little ones to yeah. swallow and choke on yeah well that only happened twice we only had to do the uh, Heimlich twice so. <laughs> it's good and you didn't do the real Heimlich you just walked up and punched her as hard as you could <laughs> in the stomach and the <laughs> penny flies out exactly exactly um, I did just get a uh, a deep tissue massage. I'm having some issues with my, I having some, I've always had issues with my thoracic spine and I actually went to this, uh, not, she's, she's not like a masseuse. She gets mad if you say that. She's like a, <laughs> please continue to tell the story. Yeah, she, <laughs> Is it like that place that's, uh, off the, off, uh, I 20, like near Merkel. That it's said not. like a Asian massage, <laughs> no. like the most, 
no shady looking place. Definitely, out. definitely not. Definitely not. And she, she, call, she's a deep tissue person. I mean, she's like a, for, a, like she works on athletes and and people that aren't just coming in looking for a good time. If you know what I'm saying. Um, I, I do know what you're yeah. saying. And so sure. apparently, my paraspinals, which are the muscles that go on down either side of your spine, are like tighter than any she's ever seen. And so I have to continue to go back and have her. I mean, it's like it's not like I'm laying there like, oh, this feels great. I mean, I'm laying there like literally about to pass out in tears. It hurts so bad. So not not quite the massage that uh, you think you're going in for. There's no like. You know, not quite the massage that I always go get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where you just spontaneously roll over onto your back in the middle of it. Sometimes we're off air. I can tell you a million like yeah. very funny stories about uh, police officers doing like the, a sting of a massage parlor like back in the oh, 80s where there man. weren't really any rules. Yes. <laughs> like, I got to get back to work. Let's get this over with. All right. Um Okay, so we'll we'll finish on that. So we'll, let's get to our uh, interview with Eva T. Find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com, Facebook page, YouTube channel, all there on the site. We are actually just starting the Simply Human Moms page, which my wife is going to start uh, collaborating with us and uh, and writing some articles geared towards moms. We have the Simply Human Kids page as well. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simplyhuman. 52. That's the number five, too. I'm actually up uh, quite a bit on my Twitter and Instagram followers, so that's fun. Uh, and then you can email the show questions, concerns, comments, simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com or simplyhumanrick, R I C K, at gmail.com. And please, if you're in iTunes, even if I was going to say, even if you don't listen to the show, but then who am I really talking to if you're not listening to the show? Leave, point. leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we, we mentioned Will Fleming. On the last show, he's a strength coach that I met at Paleo FX, and uh, his show is like number eight in health and fitness, and he has like three, or has, he has eight episodes, and uh, and you know we need to compete with Will, uh, even though he's much smarter and better looking and stronger. Well, maybe I shouldn't compete with Will. Never mind. Yeah, um, good idea. Leave us, <laughs> leave us a review, please, uh, so we can make it into the top four thousand uh, on iTunes. We beat out the uh, the the Sasquatch uh, yeah, genre. Finally, so finally. Uh, <laughs> our, our next stop, our, yeah, our next goal is top four thousand. So, all right. So without further ado, here is Eva T, Hall of Fame Olympian, and uh, just uh, has become a good friend. So enjoy this. Joining us once again on the Simply Human podcast. So happy to have Eva T back. On the show, we you know we we talked to you. I guess it was like episode. Oh, I don't even know. It was like back in the teens or something. Back way back in the teens, uh, just a few months. Back ago. when we were kids. Yeah, back when back when we were just running around throwing rocks in the river. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's so yeah. So needs no introduction for longtime listeners of the show. Hall of Fame Olympian, two-time Olympian, downhill skier has a strength and conditioning uh, gym and it's just has a website and is a d- d- dental hygienist, all this sort of stuff. Welcome, Eva. Thank you. Okay, so we had lots of fun at Paleo FX and the only bad thing about Paleo FX was that it was only like two or three, you know, it was like three days. And so we didn't really actually get to hang out until like Sunday morning and then it was over. Right. It was like, so that was kind of a bummer. Um, so we just had, yeah. And then we recorded a video, which I'll link to in the show notes about, uh, we were just sort of standing there talking about flossing. And then you were like, hey, we need to record this. And you yep. p- pulled your phone out. And Rob Wolf was like standing right there when we did it. It was sort of crazy. Um, so all that was happening. So there's a lot of people that was like, um, 
who else walked by? E- Egbert was right there. Greenfield walked by, yeah. and yeah. yeah. So, the, and, and the all... thing is, I have to do a part two now. You're yeah. making me work. Yeah, I was gonna. Is that like, what is your part two uh, going to be? Well, today at the office, I'm gonna get a little model out and teach people like the deets on flossing. Oh, cool. Okay, see, that's actually a a, a big thing here, Eva, because when. I have flossed so little in my life until I listened to the first episode. I actually had to get on YouTube and uh, YouTube like how to floss. Like I have this thing of floss and I'm looking in the mirror and I was like, all right, I have no clue what to do with this. So that's good because I feel like I've probably – there's a good chance that I may not have been doing this right this whole time. (laughs) Just like jamming like an ice pick into your gums. (laughs) Like I don't think this is working. (laughs) It hurts so bad. Um. Yeah, there is a specific way to floss, and it's incredible how many people think flossing is just popping it between your contact and popping it out. Right. By the way, good floss etiquette says, uh, don't floss while you're talking to someone, like, right in front of them, because all of your crap flies right into their (laughs) eyes, unless they're wearing a shield. Yeah, then that's okay. So, you like, give someone a shield, and they're like, like, what's this for? You're like, oh, I'm about to floss. Uh, Could you wear that for a second? Yeah. There's gonna be some crazy. It's my crap. first time in ten years, there might be blood. There's gonna be blood and some a bunch of weird white chunks of things that we're not really sure, indiscernible things uh, coming out of my teeth. Um, and actually, Rick, um, I commented on something on on Eva's picture on Instagram. Something about a, a liquid explosion. I guess that's what you call like waves or something out on the West Coast. Well, uh, I just call them that because. Um, it was really big that day. The swell was coming up, and it was what we call closing out. Okay. So when it closes out, it, it just ramps up, and then it just clamshells, and it looks like an explosion. So. Okay. Well, Rick, I put. Um, I wish in Texas that the <laughs> the term liquid explosions had to do with something uh, with the ocean and not <laughs> something else. So I thought. I or it could just be because you're like a little thirteen year old boy <laughs> trapped in a thirty something year old man's body. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I actually got uh, censored by Instagram. A uh, friend of mine. A friend of <laughs> you mine. Did? Yeah. Funnier to me. Well, okay. So a friend of mine, Will Fleming, who I've mentioned several times, who's got a podcast. And uh, did you meet Will, Eva, Will Fleming? Uh, Is uh, he the other guy that you have pictures of that looks just like you? Uh, he doesn't have a beard, but he has oh, the same okay. hair as me. Um, but uh. <laughs> Well, he'd probably be like, no, I don't have the same hair as you. Your hair is ugly. Um, but uh, he, he had this thing. He put, he put a little video on Instagram, and he had a shirt. It said Russia on it, like a Russian like weightlifting shirt. And yeah. in this video, he was like on this little wheeled thing headed towards this sort of wooded area. And so I commented, oh, Russia, huh? What, are you going to go invade the forest now? And it was gone in like five minutes. And I thought maybe he had like a Russian weightlifting friend and he deleted it. So I texted him. I was like, hey, sorry, a little too soon for the Russian invasion jokes. He was like, what are you talking about? And I told him like what I had written. He's like, I didn't delete that. He's like, Instagram must have deleted you. Oh, Whoa. Whoa. Brother. Yeah. So. Scary. Yeah. Scary. Russia. So, okay. We At can least just- you guys are in Texas. I'm in the state that's closest to Russia. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Scary. That is scary. Yeah, because they're coming for you first. We'll at least have yeah. some uh, some buffer zone. But you uh, can't squat below parallel in California. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're coming to get you. That's it. Well, hey, um, talk about what you talked about since you, it's sort of still fresh on your mind. And and uh, I actually I think I I was talking while you were talking, which is probably why there were only three people at my talk. But sort of explain what you talked about and and give us the the bullet points. 
Oh gosh. Oh, so I um, I talk about um, training the correct amount uh, and how training should uh, match your stress levels. Uh, at Paleo FX, I, you know, I'm with you. You know, we were talking uh, across from Dr. Parsley, who works with uh, Rob Wolf and Dan Kalish, who is my teacher. So. You know, you had three people, I had six. No, I had about a half a room, which was pretty good. But um, I decided, you know, I can't, I really need to differentiate myself at this place. And so I'm going to speak as an Olympic athlete since we just had the Winter Olympics, which so quickly forgotten. But, um, and I wanted to, I talked to people about how I evolved uh, as a young kid being an athlete and how I've evolved through being different types of athletes. So I have made it, I've categorized athletes um, because the, the term I think is getting thrown around too loosely. And um, so I categorize athletes as professional athletes or Olympians. And those are people who are, um, they don't have a job. They're just focused on their, their sport. They've been doing their sport usually since they've been a child, so it's been a long-term commitment, and um, and it's a year-round thing. And then, uh, and I was that person. And then the second type of athlete that I uh, <clears throat> that I have grouped is the recreational athlete, and um, or just the that, person. The per- <laughs> and, well, Dutch Lowy hates that I said recreational because he's like, I'm a recreational athlete, and I just don't like the word recreational. Yeah. So change it to part-time. And I said, sorry. I go, do you have fun when you compete? Yes. Well, you're a recreational athlete. So, uh, so anyway, then there's a recreational athlete. And that person can be great at what they do. They, I was a recreational athlete when I won the Masters Nationals in weightlifting. I was a recreational athlete when um, I've had a lot of athletic uh, successes. Uh, I, I had another job at the time. I wasn't training. It wasn't my life. Uh, it was just a, a hobby uh, that I was doing quite well at. I wasn't making enough money to support myself. And then the third type of athlete, quote-unquote athlete, uh, is not an athlete. I call them an exerciser. And that's what I am today. I'm an exerciser. And I just work out to be, to be healthy. And um, in all of those categories, you have to, in order to be healthy, you have to know where you stand. And I make the point that, uh, you know, ask yourself where you are in the big picture. If you're a professional athlete, of course, it's your life. And you're going to probably have risk some future health uh, to do what you're doing. Uh, if you're a recreational athlete, maybe, maybe, you know, you have to ask yourself, where are you going to be 10, 20, and 30 years down the road? And if what you're doing now is fun enough and fulfilling enough to, um, to, make it worth your time and if you're that person do you have recovery methods uh ready for when you decide to stop your training and um just be an exerciser so basically it's like you know you get all these people that do recreational triathlons and they're training like professional athletes but they have a job and they have a family and that's just not a sustainable way to do it is that sort of your message yes and if you if you do, if you need to get that monkey off your back, like, oh, I got to do a triathlon, do it, but have 
a recovery program in check for when you're done. Because people go, I'm done. And then they walk away. <laughs> no exit strategy. <laughs> There's no exit strategy. And, and uh, I've, I've been working with Joel Jameson. It's not out yet, but uh, on, a, on a model where we're going to give people um, some s specific exit strategies um, to recover from an athletic career, an athletic season, or an athletic competition. Cool. Joel Jameson is great. And uh, I met him. I just didn't get to, to spend a whole lot of time with him. But if, yeah, if there's any uh, any way we could get him on, I think he is he is fantastic. Big old strong guy, really smart. But the, his message is more like meditation and, and recovery and and not just overdoing it. So, yeah, I can't wait for that. So keep us posted on that, and we'll, uh, we'll promote it as much as possible. Joe no, awesome. He has that eight weeks out is his website. And he's actually a, a trainer. He was, I think he uh, trained the, the Seattle Seahawks. Right. Oh, my God. I hope I didn't get that wrong. <laughs> and um, I know you guys are big football guys. And saying the wrong team is bad. How could you? <laughs> um, and he just, uh, now he trains a lot of UFC fighters. And <clears throat> he came up with this uh, HRV monitor that's on your phone. And it's, it's brilliant. The guy is brilliant. And um, he knows what the heck he's doing. And I'm super proud to be associated with him. Now, as a guy who kind of fits myself more like into the unnamed fourth category of <laughs> someone who is trying to become an exerciser, what exactly are you two guys talking about uh, when you're talking about recovery strategies? Like, is it, like, I'm not exactly sure, like, kind of generally speaking. Good question. Eva, take it uh, away. Here I go. Uh, recovery strategies. Well, you know, uh, after you finish, uh, say, you did a triathlon, how do you know where you are hormonally? How do you know where you are with your adrenal glands? Uh, that can also, you know, sometimes these competitions are not just physical uh, wear on the body, but they're emotional wear on the body. You have to take time to do it. You have to manage your time. You have to, you, you, you get nervous about the competition, all those things. And so what I do is I have people take an ASI test. We see where they are in the big picture. And then ultimately I'd like them to use the HRV because for a good cycle, six weeks after the end of their um, the competition, so say you do your competition, take a week off, maybe even two weeks off, and then you want to start moving again. You want to be productive. What do you do? And, um, well, you find out where you are. And then you use the HRV monitor and you keep yourself moving, but you keep yourself in the green uh, most of the time. So the HRV monitor has a green, an amber, and a red uh, light that it gives you a signal every day. And I think for recovery, you want to stay green and maybe go into amber a little bit, but red, you know, you want to stay out of that. But just by using the monitor, you're not letting what I call the stupid gene take over and start, you know, training like a maniac when you really should be recovering. I have an overabundance of those genes. Um, I do too. Yeah, I have, I have stupid genes like falling out of my ears. Um, and, and HRV testing, this is something that is really uh, very interesting. It's heart rate variability. And what it's measuring is the plasticity of your heartbeat or, or the or the time between each heartbeat or each, oh, I believe it's the Q, uh, whatever it is, you know. The RR interval, maybe. Yeah, I might have yeah, that wrong. RR, yeah. But so, it's the interval of, of, a, of a given peak in the heartbeat. 
Right. So, you know, when you watch TV and have yeah, a heartbeat, and there's yeah. like a little, looks like a little mountain, and there's high mountains and lower mountains. So one of the, they're measuring from the same peak to the same peak for every heartbeat. And you don't now, want, you don't want it to be like, you know, you have, it's one second between each one. If it's very rigid, you would think that's a good thing. That's actually a very negative thing. That's, that's, that's a showing, bad thing. Yeah. You want it to be variable, which is heart rate variability. So you want it to be, you know, 1.1 second and then 0.85 second. And then, and so it measures that. And so I, I try to test every morning and it'll, it'll give you a good, you know, if you haven't gotten good sleep, it'll, it'll reflect that. If you think you feel good and it's bad, you know, sometimes I'll even test again. Like, well, maybe I just got a bad reading. And if it's still like in the 60s or something, I'll be like, well, maybe I should just sit on my butt today and, and you know, drink right. some some spinach or something. Well, uh, and, and it's, uh, if you do get a reading that's low, you know, it doesn't mean not do anything. That means like maybe like go for a walk or maybe it's a right. day to really take care of yourself and, um, yeah, I mean, what really needs to happen is a hand needs to come out of your phone and slap you across the face. <laughs> right. Like, Slow down. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, and so, and and remember that uh, there's a, a really good video out. I think it's a TED Talk. And um, the doctor's name is James O'Keefe. And um, he talks about heart plasticity and how marathoners and triathletes get kind of a stiff heart from doing too much endurance training. And it will have an effect on their, you know, it could have an effect on their future longevity. Um, I think that was redundant, on their longevity. So <laughs> uh, it's a very interesting talk. You may w- want to put that in your notes. Yes, I just, I just made a note of that. it just now. Um, and um, I'm going to look it up while you guys are talking to okay. get you the name, the exact name of it. Okay, cool. And so you don't want a metronomic heartbeat. You want to think about a baby, their, their heart's very soft and pliable. And really when, when the rubber Good hits eating the road, too. Mm-mm. Those baby hearts. <laughs> oh tenderest, my goodness. Tenderest so meat you you'll want, find. It's measuring your parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous activity of the autonomic part of your nervous system. So parasympathetic is rest and relax and sympathetic is fight or flight. And so um, the other cool warnings you can get from it, too, is if you get a super high parasympathetic spike, it might mean that your body is compensating. So a lot of times if you maybe got exposed to the flu or the, a cold, you might get a parasympathetic spike, like something really high, and that's your body compensating for something, like being exposed to an illness, and it's telling you slow the hell down. Right. And actually, a, a talk that you and I went to was the was Mike Nelson's talk. And he, he, yep. he talked a lot about heart rate variability. And I'm actually interviewing Mike in the morning. Oh, um, sweet. And I'm not sure when we're going to get... Like, I, I, have so, I have so many things lined up from Paleo FX. You were the first, by the way. You were the oh, one good. I wanted to get first. Um, and uh, well, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak him in somewhere. But yeah, he's just a, another brilliant guy. Uh, developed a heart rate variability thing and, and just swears by it um, and, and knows a lot about it. So we'll, we'll, we'll dive in more details with, with Mike T. Nelson uh, in an upcoming episode. So um, cool. Yeah. So Rick, I- any questions stemming from that as someone who maybe isn't as familiar with the HR? Cause I'm, she's, she's uh, speaking my Kool-Aid. Is that how you say that? I don't think that's how you say that, not even a little bit, but uh, one of the things that I took away from the last time you were on the show, Eva, and I wasn't able to to sit in on that interview, was just this, and and I'm probably oversimplifying it, but but basically, like, why do, uh, you know, 
50 squats when 20 will do the same thing. And that's something that I'm kind of like almost trying to focus on. Like I don't have to go out. I have a very busy schedule. I work very long hours. I work, uh, when I work, I work overnight. So like my life is kind of a cluster anyway, but I'm trying to kind of embrace that idea of, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional athlete. I'm not even a recreational athlete. I'm tr- I, I would like to run a marathon. That's something that's, you know, that's, uh, that, that I'd like to do within the next year. But it's not like this overwhelming uh, just urge that I have to go do it now. And so I'm just trying to balance all of the things in my life. And I think that's something when I try to do this uh, – I've tried a couple times before to to do a marathon, and it it blew up in my face. I flamed out uh, pretty close to the end, but I don't think I was balancing all of the different aspects of a regular human being's life. And I think that's something that I'm trying to embrace as I try to take it on this time. Is hey, you know what? Yeah, you have to. You obviously have to to spend the time out there and spend the time doing the activity and spend the time, you know, training, but. Uh, it doesn't have to be like the overwhelming focus of my entire life. I've got a hundred other things in my life that are way more important than running a marathon. And so it's just important to to, to maintain that balance. Absolutely. So, And what I said was, well, you can't get the same thing out of 20 squats that you can in 50. or you don't. It's not equal. But if you can get the same fitness out of 20 squats, why are you doing 50? It's kind of like... I always make an analogy to cars. If you're, if I, I wrote an article uh, a couple months ago called, you know, don't act like you're a Ferrari if you're really a Nova. And if if you've got bald tires and an old older engine, you know, you can perform, but you're just not going to perform like a Ferrari. And and that's just a reality. It's not to put anyone down. That's just the way it is. And so you've got to treat your body as such. Yeah, I, and I, what I'm seeing, a lot of people now think they're Ferraris. They're like, whoa, I can do a clean and jerk, so I'm a Ferrari. <laughs> and uh, it's like you shouldn't even be putting weight over your head, you know? Well, I, I was always very careful like when I was doing triathlon and things of that nature. And people would say, oh, yeah, Mark, uh, he's a triathlete. And I would be like, ah, hang on a second. Hang on. Let, let's break that word down because you have to be an athlete to be a triathlete. I'm more of a, I, I participate in triathlon. Uh, so let's, you know, I would try to keep myself sort of grounded, like, you know, thinking you're, you know, Maka or something going out there and you're going to do all this crazy stuff. Let's just, let's just sort of take a step back and, uh, and figure out, you know, what, what our goals are and what's going to be the most sustainable way to do things moving forward. So, well, and I think, yeah. I think embracing who you are and being truthful with who you are is really important with this. Uh, very small background. Uh, this time last year, I was uh, scheduled to run a marathon, and I basically, with about three weeks left, had to bow out because I had just the worst IT band issues ever. I could barely, at this point, even run three miles without stopping. And so I stopped, and I, I uh, uh, looked at a bunch of different things, and I'm changing the way I do it now. But one of the things that I'm doing in my training now is I'm doing a lot of uh, zone two heart rate training because I've done a lot of reading and that uh, Moffatone or however you say that guy's name, uh, basically run slower to run faster. And it's a huge sm- like slap to your ego because I've always been, uh, you know, relatively fast runner, uh, especially like in the, the, the tests that I have to do at work. I'm usually one of the first two or three that finish in, in my running tests at work. And, you know, I, I think it's within my ability to probably run a sub four-hour marathon. But when I start doing zone two stuff, instead of running you know, eight, eight and a half, nine minute miles at distance to stay in that zone 
I'm having to run like 11 and 12 minute miles and it's kind of embarrassing and it's kind of a smack to my ego but in the end it's what I think overtraining and going too hard and not being truthful with who I actually am is what caused me these overtraining issues in the first place so I'm trying to just kind of realized like hey I'm not going to go out and run you know uh, you know I'm not going to qualify for Boston at this first marathon that I ever run but you know at this point it's it should be really about the journey and 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 the accomplishment rather than like oh if I don't run a sub 4 minute marathon I'm just an idiot and I need to jump off a bridge uh, I think that's something that probably many people lose touch with I think yeah well and I I just sent you guys on the on the Skype messaging the, um, the YouTube oh, cool. link yeah, yeah. for, because if you, if you listen to O'Keefe's lecture, you may not want to run a marathon. Yeah. And that's kind of where, I, that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, and, and that, this is a great segue into what I wanted to talk to you about next, Eva. And that's, you know, no, no one ever asks a woman to disclose uh, her age and I'm not going to do that, but I, let, nope. I'm just going to say this, Eva T, it looks she has defied aging. Let me just put it that way. Like into an unbelievable, not just like, oh, okay. I mean, like I un- felt like you were headed in a danger zone. Right yeah, there, I know, I know. I, yeah, I know that there <laughs> oh was. God, I could have to pull up. That's yeah, that's good. like kind of like when I, uh, I, I totally called uh, Tucker Max's uh, girlfriend, pregnant girlfriend, fat. Basically, he he was like, yeah, he, she's she's preg- she's pregnant, and he was like, yeah, I got a kid on the way, and I was like, oh man, I never would have known you were pregnant. Oh. And I, to me, that was a compliment. Meaning like her neck and shoulders, you know, didn't, you know, whatever. And, and he was like, oh, great. So you just thought she was fat. Like, oh, thanks. And then he, was, you know, went and told everyone. So, okay, back to the aging thing. What, what are your secrets? And I tweeted something about this uh, a couple of days ago. I was like, women, if you want the, the, to know how to defy aging, do whatever Eva T tells you and don't ask any questions. So like, what, are, what, is your, what are your secrets? And I think I know, and it's, you'll see where, kind of where I was going with this. Well, at... Uh- my parents probably helped. Uh, yeah. uh, <clears throat> if you want to know my age, my birthday's coming up, and it'll probably come up on social media somehow, but I'm not going to disclose it. Um, well, I just slowed down, you know. I, probably not early enough, um, but I just do the minimum amount of training to keep my body composition good and, um, and uh, to support my passions. And so, um, I, you know, I... For me, I, I call it MDME training, minimum dose, maximum effect training. And they, that has five uh, parts to it. Number one is strength. We know that muscle mass is the number one uh, biomarker for health. Uh, number two, sprinting. So if you can't get in the, in the weight room, sprinting is a really good way to get a little metabolic conditioning. Plus, also, it doesn't waste away at your muscles and it doesn't suck down your cortisol levels. Um, the third one is walking. I think that that's a very valuable thing to do. It's somewhat of a meditation, and you do, you know, I've had a lot of people lose weight just walking long, you know, walking an hour a day. Um, gymnastics, so that would be skill acquisition, and I put Olympic weightlifting under that category, which, um, you know, if people can't get do a handstand, let's teach them how to do a clean just with the bar, and that might be like a hugely technical thing for them. Um, and the last one is sport. You know, get out there and, and find a sport or do a sport or make up your own sport. It could be gardening. It could be, uh, you know, um, boogie boarding. Just get outside and stay out of the gym uh, one day a week and uh, do something you're passionate about. 
Yeah, that's that's uh, you know the, the lifting heavy stuff is sort of of you know that's one thing I think that anything anytime that your body is under load, your body is sort of doing things that that counteract what aging does to you as far as make your bones weak and you know brittle and less mobile. It's like lifting heavy stuff uh, does the opposite of all those things. So. Uh, yeah, and, and running long distances, you know, if you're just a chronic marathoner, you're just in that oxidative state all the time. That is, that is what aging is. And so yep. you're, you're, all you're doing is speeding up the aging process. You're like, yeah, you want to, you got at least, you know, f- trying to find the fountain of youth. Well, you, if you want to find like the opposite of the fountain of youth, just go run for like two hours a day. And, yep. and unless you just have some, like, unless you're a Ferrari and you just have some sort of crazy chassis that no one else has, go for it. But it, it, if not, then you're you're gonna you know you're gonna die sooner. <laughs> well, you're put, you're putting a, you're putting that aging process in in high gear. Right, right. So so and because it's catabolic, you're losing muscle. You're so you're doing the exact almost opposite as lifting. You're losing muscle. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah so. so okay, cool. Well, well, okay. One last thing, and I wanted to mention this. Uh, where where do you see like? And this is the last thing I'll ask you, and then I, I know we all got to go. But um, okay, paleo, the label paleo. Well, like one of the things that I am in danger of. Of course, my brand is simply human, um, and so I. One of my fears is kind of like how the how Doctor Adkins in, in his beginning, if he could have seen like the the commercialization of his name and all these bars and things, I think he would have he would have flipped out. That's not what his intention was. But it's like, you know, uh, industry used that uh, momentum and turned it into a money-making thing. And it's part of me is fearful that the paleo label, seeing all the, like the, the different bars and the different products, that it's like, you know, you're going to get some kid that's, you know, 18 years old, living, you know, living at home, got his whole game system set up, you know, but he's got like a whole box of paleo bars next to his, his <laughs> chair. And he's like, I'm paleo. You know, so like, do you, do you, is that something that you see like sort of in the future of, of the paleo label or how, how do you see all that? Well, it's coming down the pipe and I think that, uh, you know, gluten-free is the new low fat and, uh, you know, there's more gluten-free crap out there yeah. than I can, you know, shake a stick at. And that's not what is about. If the labels on there doesn't mean that it's good for you. And I think at paleo FX, there was someone who put on a, a talk. It might've been the Hartwigs who talk about, you know, treats or treats, whether they're paleo or not. Right. And uh, you just have to remember that, you know, just because it says paleo Cheetos, which I would love, mm. you know, it doesn't <laughs> mean that it's, it's okay right. to eat. For long term, yeah. Long term. It's okay as, you know, Kiefer will say he likes you to have like a spike and he likes you to have these stresses that are acute. But when you start having chronic stresses, you know, and eating this stuff all the time. That's when we get in trouble. And yeah, I worry about paleo just becoming like, I don't know. I always say, you know, bell bottoms come in and out of style. And um, um, what were the hats with the skeletons on them? Um, Hardy, Rick? T- uh, Ed Hardy. Remember oh, those okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Ed Hardy. Like, okay, that was like so cool. And I just don't want paleo to become Ed Hardy. So, uh, you know, now you, if you're wearing one of those, you're like, wow, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, well to me, like one of the things that's, that's interesting about that, that whole concept is paleo in and of itself appears as though, at least, you know, kind of my, 
not expert opinion, is it supposed to be like, you know, the antithesis of packaged and, and uh, exactly. manufactured and uh, all that stuff. And then you have people that are trying to like, Package try it. to do the, the complete opposite just by virtue of something being packaged and, 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 and processed like that kind of means it's unpaleo. To me, paleo is about eating food that I can pull out of the ground or eating meat that was raised, uh, you know, just natural things like that, not some sort of bar that's squished and squashed and compacted and stuff like that. <laughs> I would think squashed. just by, by the very nature of that means it's not going to fit the paleo standard that we're trying, this primal standard we're trying to adhere to. And like to, to sort of uh, flesh out the bell-bottom analogy, uh, yeah, wait, uh, hold on, <laughs> hang on, let me, let me, let me reverse, abort, abort analogy fleshing out. <laughs> okay, so like, okay, so bell bottoms are, you know, can come in and out of style, right? Like there's sort of this like hip, it's or not hip kind of thing. I like them. Me too, but like, but pants, you know, as a, as a, as a definition of like the function of the bell bottom is, is wearing pants. So hopefully pants will never go out of style we're like we need something covering up our genitalia you know so like <laughs> so to me like paleo is sort of like the bell no bottom. no no paleo is the opposite of that yeah yeah supposed it, to be wearing just a <laughs> right a loin, 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 loin. <laughs> yeah so it's like it's like paleo is that hip sort of trendy thing but like the the functionality is still there like there's still eat human food is still sort of the the pants so to speak and man i'm wearing some pants i'm wearing my tight pants i got my tight pants on have oh, you that? panties have as you told us in the yes. class yeah that was a, that was a mistake yes it, <laughs> that was i just i just sang the uh, the will ferrell color are they yeah, uh, um pink um they're princess panties. Uh, that's all I can find uh, in my size. Mark, Ro- Mark Rogers wearing underwear. I feel like I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> uh, oh, oh man. Well, the, the tight pants song that I sang was a Will Ferrell bit on uh, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And my girls are now singing the, uh, everybody's talking about my tight pants. And so they're, they're like running around the house singing that. So it's perfect. Great. Good job, Dad. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. So, all right. Well, hey, Eva T, this has been fun. And uh, you are a... I, I guess this is technically our first repeat because we had we've had two people on two different shows, but it was just one interview that I split up. So you are our first repeat. You are the best friend of the Simply Human podcast. Oh well, I'm proud to be. I love the Simply <laughs> Human podcast. Cool. It's well, and my, my my dentist uh, when I go, I have one scheduled next week. I will have him directly thank you. And for the first time ever, when the dentist goes. So have you uh, been flossing regularly? I can say yes. <laughs> and yes, I have. To, I have and I have to and lie. I am not lying yeah. like I've been lying for the last 30 years. <laughs> I have been. Yeah. Check it out, bro. And like blow my mouth open. And he's like, That's You're... great. Yeah. Cool. Well, I uh, yeah, actually, uh, the other morning, I asked my wife. We're like standing there. You know, she's getting ready. I'm getting ready. And I'm just flossing. And I was like, do I, has my breath been bad like lately? She was like, why? Like, you're asking for a reason. And I'm like, well, I'm just wondering, you know, hopefully you would tell me if my breath is bad or, you know. And she's like, no, it hasn't. Like, okay, good. Because, you know, sometimes, and I, I mentioned this in the video, sometimes I don't even brush my teeth. Sometimes <laughs> I just floss and let the fibrous foods brush my teeth for me. That's right. Yeah, that's paleo. Yeah, But I do do, I have a part two coming up. So yes. for all you out there that, you know, watch Mark in part one. I'm going to do a part two that's going to show you the deets on flossing. That's number one. 
And I, can I throw another thing out here? Yeah, please. So Eva T's summer body workouts Ooh. are going to come out. They're going to be free. Yeah, cool. And I'm going to do 30 free days of some little workouts that you're not going to need equipment for. And it'll be the rest of the story on how to stay youthful. Awesome. Cool. And I'll awesome. link I'll link to all that your stuff in our show notes and as far as in Twitter and everything, get people uh, to follow your message. So uh, as always, it's been a blast and we will talk to you soon. Right on. Take care, you guys. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. All right. Thank you, Eva T. Always a pleasure. And uh, you know, she's just a wealth of knowledge. And uh, go follow her on Twitter and, and read her blog if you if you don't already, she's just a, a great person and has a lot of great information and it's just a, a good a good person to have uh, influencing you in, in things that you do. So um, now, Super interesting too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and now it is time for the Humans Being Human segment, which is basically part two of the Fun with Rob segment. And, and uh, we, we just sort of continue the bakery stories. And but there's one thing, my dad, I, I, I emailed him yesterday when the show came out and said hey you know, we basically just talked mess about you for like 20 minutes um, <laughs> here's uh, you know and he listened to the, the segment so he wrote me back and he wrote um, y'all got the Steeler story a little mixed up okay this is this is from the email he wrote <laughs> the guy had hey guys, been, time out time out time out what is this episode 21 this is 29 okay if you haven't listened to episode 28 yet Yes. Yeah, for stop. nothing else, go back and listen to the humans being human segment story, and then revisit this. So pause this and go. Don't listen to these out of order yeah, because they won't yeah. make sense. But, I, okay. He wrote, the guy had been doing that for several days after he came in and used our bathroom. He'd stop at the door to the kitchen and give me a bunch of "Hey, how's it going?" real fake talk, but never bought anything. <laughs> real <laughs> fake talk. <laughs> one, he goes. One morning, one of the girls working the front came to the back and told me he just gotten a large cup of coffee, and he put in parentheses, which was a dollar, by the way, because <laughs> we had said. <laughs> <laughs> we had said 50 cents anyway, without paying and just left. I went out front and he was running across the parking lot with the coffee to the bus stop. I imagine him like running with like the coffee spilling all out. <laughs> he gets burning, <laughs> scorching his hand. And he wrote, uh, I hollered at him to, to get back here and pay for the coffee. Get back here and pay for that coffee. And he kept hollering back, hey, hey, I'll catch you next time. Got to catch the bus. <laughs> so I told him I was calling the police for shoplifting. And about that time, the bus rolled up and he jumped on. About a week later, I happened to be out front when he came in. I said, hey, you're the one who keeps stealing coffee. And he said, oh, I'll pay for it today. And I said, no, you won't. What you'll do is get out of here before I call the police. <laughs> <laughs> he said something else and I told him to scram or I would personally throw him out on his way out he said I didn't know a cup of coffee would be such a big deal I hollered scram and as the door <laughs> and as the door was closing behind him he said have a great day in that fake voice that's when I hollered out stealer at which time you looked at me meaning me and said stealer <laughs> like really <laughs> so that so to clarify giving dad the uh, well, I guess the op-ed uh, version of letting him respond uh, oh. to our our story. So this this one is just another about I don't know it's about a ten minute uh, laugh fest with Rob, and then we got to figure out how to get Rob back on uh, at some time in the future. We, we really do because uh, he is the funniest person that I know. And when you and he and I get together for whatever it ends up being, the next day my stomach yeah. hurts so bad from laughing just from like. We feed the three of us just feed off yeah, each other, yeah, and it may I make no so. sense to people who are uninvolved. 
Yeah. It may just sound like a bunch of gibberish and inside jokes, but man, it is. There's nothing better. Yeah. All right. So here is uh, Fun with Rob Part Two. So is it what? What else? What else did you have? uh, You know, uh, previously on the humans being human with William Robert Bentley the first, the zero. um, We. Presumably. I don't know what that means. But uh, we were talking about bakery stories, and I think there was one that you left off. What was that? Uh, yeah. Uh, we talked, we touched briefly on uh, a coworker there that we, that I had a, a crush on. Shelly Zadina, gonna... who we can, we can You don't have to, she's probably married now. She is. Family. You her, don't have to use her full name. Her, her uh, married name is Hackler. Her husband is very big and strong, and he will kill you. And I've seen her on Facebook, and she is still pretty hot. <laughs> well, if her husband weighs more than 135 pounds, there's a pretty good chance you're, that he could twist yeah. me into a pretzel. So, just sit on you, and you'll never be able to get pretty, Yeah, it's a pretty safe bet. Slide unseen, this guy can destroy me. But I, I, my argument was that we should protect you know, her innocence. Okay. It's a pretty innocent story. But okay. I, there was so a one time, time I, I go to my camera that I had in the women's bathroom, and I'm reviewing the footage. <laughs> There was only one bathroom. It was a male female <laughs> bathroom. <laughs> you got to do a lot of. You have to fast forward through like all the time. <laughs> you had to get through like, there, just blowing it up. The transients, all the, all the transients. <laughs> like Mark in there, like in there, like adjusting his eyebrows in the mirror. <laughs> 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 Mark Immig was my pen pal in second grade, and then later we worked together at your dad's bakery. Hey, Mark Immig's uh, uh, sister married Greg, my one of my best friends' brothers, and I saw her at his wedding like a few months ago. Crazy. Well, uh, yeah. where the registered? We do. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, they've they're already married. Okay, continue their story. You go to a year before you can before it's too late to give a wedding. Oh, gift. okay. Well, congratulations. You're going to be spending some money that you don't need to. Okay. Good, good, because I don't. Uh, so, like, she and I worked together for a like a crazy long time, and uh, the summer before uh, she was going to go to school at ACU, which is where I already went to school, I was really excited because I was like, "Hey, uh, you know, we're good friends. Maybe there's a chance when she goes to school in the fall, maybe I could uh, work up the courage to like ask her to go see a movie or something, and that that'd be really exciting." So, <laughs> or, or ask her if maybe you could you could make make a pie a pie for her private. we could go to a restaurant and sit on the same side of the booth. If you know what I'm saying, hold hands. You're like, hey, I could I could make one of Urban's special pie for your private. <laughs> uh, do recall back in those days? Those you know, pretty much not been to second base yet. <laughs> okay, I'm with you. Like, a senior in college, yeah. You remember I would just like give you guys rides all over town, just drive you all around, and instead of gas money, I'd just be like, hey, what do you feel like? So that's a really on my radar. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to bleep that out so no one is gonna know like exactly what you asked. Oh, they'll know. They'll know, man. They'll know. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm sweating. Okay. I'm laughing so hard. I'm, there's sweat dripping down my face. Okay. Okay. Oh. So back to you're thinking of uh, when she gets back well, when she gets really, out of school. I was thinking like you know I put in the work this summer really get the friendship going and then then uh, then when she gets to school in the fall uh 
she'll see I'm a big man on campus. Right, right. The bull, right. <laughs> and so, uh, at one point, uh, your dad had to run to the bank, and so it was just her and me, like alone for for quite a while, like uh, working together in the bakery, and we were uh, we were cleaning stuff, I'm and uh, and we were. Like we were just, it was kind of silent. And then finally she broke the silence and I was like, uh, uh, she goes, Hey, uh, Rob, let me ask you something. And I was like, like, I, I feel like my heartbeat, like racing and I was setting like, up to be like a perfect moment from like a romantic comedy, like uh, sleepless like, in Seattle or something like it's going to be, yeah, this, this is great. Like we're going to go straight from here to the movies. I'm very excited. And, uh, so I was like, oh yeah, what's, what's up? And she goes, uh, is your dad bald? Did you say is your did you wait hold on hold on did you say is your dad bald? No, uh, that was what she asked. <laughs> Secret right of the family. <laughs> like, so not only uh, like are we not going to go out on a date, but like not. Like, she insulted you. Like. I'm 19 years old, and I now I know that it's visible that I'm losing my hair, and that people can tell. <laughs> Rob, I have a question: Is your dad super ugly? Also, <laughs> <laughs> the severe mental problems run in your family. Also, oh, that's like that's like uh, we were over at your aunt's house. Rick and Rick and I were, and uh, you, you, you came and you rang the doorbell, and and you had just shaved your head. You weren't. It wasn't like. You know, yeah, like, I've gone from the bald crew cut to the bald, like just bald. Just, yeah, and so she opened the door and looked at you, and you since you had just shaved your head, that was the issue. It wasn't anything else. She said, "She right. said you're bald," <laughs> and you said, "Yeah, I'm short too." <laughs> like, like she wasn't saying you're balding. She was just saying, like, "Hey, you cut all your hair off," and yeah. Well, I gotta tell you. I couldn't – if I had a nickel for every time in my adult life, somebody from like – you know, that had not seen me since like however long had been like – you would be surprised how often people just will straight up – that's the first thing they say like, oh, you've lost a lot of hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I just got – I just received a text from my wife in the other room and it said, <clears throat> talk a little quieter. <laughs> you are screaming. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you are screaming. You're, <laughs> you're screaming. Yes, not not that other thing you said. It's coming out uh, from the door. <laughs> oh gracious! Um, so, well, are there any others? That this actually at eight minutes could be a whole nother humans being human segment. Oh well, as uh, it is. don't fall all over yourself thanking me. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, well, I guess let's uh, let's wrap this one up and okay. have another one in the can, uh, as they say in the biz. Been. And since I'm <laughs> what? <laughs> Not important. <laughs> You'll hear it on the replay when you listen to it. Okay, it's yes, line. it's I'm a good have, line. It's not a throwaway. I'm gonna have to listen to both of these again, like like in real time, to make sure I didn't miss anything to bleep. Um, okay, well, Rob Bentley, this has been a pleasure. Hopefully, as we did with Rick, uh, just kind of had you on here and there and then became a regular. Hopefully, we can get Rob on uh, quite a lot, to, 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 well, even if it was just to do our crosstalk at the beginning. I think that could be pretty well, funny. 
I got a weird diet. We can talk about that sometime. Yes, you do. That would be good, actually. I, I, the, a, I got a weird training regimen, too. Yeah. Mm, that would be good. We're going to do that. Maybe Rob could be Rick. Maybe Rob could be a part of the Everyman series. That is true. He could be. Well, I got to tell you, there, there's one thing I don't like about this. Uh-oh. I was going to get rid of Skype on my phone, and now I you have can, to No, keep... don't. Leave it. It's taking up very little like, space. What uh, are your first-generation iPhone? So. It's a... <laughs> the iPhone half, I think, is what Rob has. <laughs> yeah. It's the 3GS. Or, okay. or, no, no, the 3G. Not the 3GS. <laughs> yeah. The 3G. It's like the, uh, the Zach Morris of the iPhones now. <laughs> yes, right. it's well, the Gordon Gecko. Rob, I think, your hair, <laughs> I think your hair is brilliant. I love everything about you, and I'm glad that you joined us again. Well, thank you for loving me unconditionally. I've I've looked a long time for that uh, marriage, kids, and I never found it, and I, I found it here. So my <laughs> we'll have you back on soon. All right, looking forward to it. Thanks again. Thank you, William Robert Bentley. Always a. Uh, <laughs> what do you keep calling him? His first, like he's a serial killer. I I don't know. It, to me, like he's he's like a. Uh, he has this presence where it, to me he needs three names. It's like like a serial killer or something. Like he needs to be known as. You know, <laughs> Hillary Rodham Clinton, something, you know. So she's uh, a serial killer? <laughs> I'm not saying that or, or not saying that. I'm just, you know, whatever. Um, so I just <laughs> like saying William Robert Bentley. So thank you for that. And uh, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll have, we'll have Rob uh, back on uh, soon. So coming up next time on the Simple Human podcast, I, you know, at this point, we have so much. I'm, I'm recording a couple of interviews this week. So I'm not really sure what it's going to be. It's either going to be a, a chiropractor couple, the Warrens. Um, uh, that are that I met at Paleo FX, or uh, they have a lot of cool stuff with kids and things like that that they they've got a lot of experience in and are passionate about. Or it's going to be a a exercise uh, physiologist, PhD, brilliant guy, uh, Mike T. Nelson. Uh, who uh, so either one of those. Uh, coming up so and then we've got will fleming coming up on the show his wife ashley is going to be a guest on our show uh so we've got uh lots of cool things coming up and then we need to you know continue the everyman series at some point so um it is now time for the simply human tip of the week and it's something we talked about with eva t and it's really sort of owning who you are and taking ownership of uh, you know kind of like what we talked about if you're if you've got three kids and you know, a, a stressful job, don't train like you're a professional athlete who has all day to train because you're going to be neglecting either yourself or your family or some other part of your life. So know sort of what your goals are and train to match those goals and not overdo yourself. Well, and to me, like one of the, the, the best parts about the human, the, the simply human lifestyle is understanding priorities and understanding what makes you a human. And you know, as much as I want to be super marathon McGee and all this and that, above all, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a family guy. And so those are my top priorities. And when you get your priorities out of whack and you're not paying attention to the things you need to be paying attention to, that's, it's, it's, you're setting yourself up for total disaster. And so I know all these people, I, I know via Facebook that are like, you know, triathlete and a, you know, ultra marathoner and all this and that. And I'm wondering like, man, how do they have all this time for this? Well, now that I've been thinking more about priorities, I, you know, not like I would be judging them, but like, I would just be, I just think like, man, that's, that kind of stuff isn't for me. Because that takes you out of your house, out of your, out of away from your family for so so often. Right. 
you know, if I get down to it and I find that uh, training for this uh, mythical marathon that I'd like to run sometime next year, if that's cu- taking too much time. Do you mean like a, a marathon in the land of the unicorns or like mythical in the sense that whether or not you're ever going to Well, this mythical that uh, whether or not I <laughs> will actually be able to end up doing it. But like, uh, you know, it's it's a loose goal. I want to r- one run the the Irving the city of Irving marathon and it's usually like in April uh, but if I come down to it and that's that training is taken away too much and it's costing me too much uh, time and, and and things like that then you know you have to get your priorities straight and that's to me the bottom line right. for me is that I am not a professional athlete by especially you know if you look at Eva's uh, definitions I'm not a professional athlete I'm not a recreational athlete I am uh, just on the right side of the line <laughs> of being an exerciser. So, you know, I can pick something that I enjoy doing, but if it's not something that I end up enjoying, then why do it? Right. And, you know, I love what Eva said. It's like if if that's a bucket list thing and you want to do an Ironman or you want to do a marathon, do it. But just know what you're going to do afterwards and don't just go back to being a couch potato or something when you get done doing it. And I think that's the that's a key. Um, Absolutely. So know who you are and, and you can know who you are uh, from a uh, like a metric standpoint by getting a, a heart rate variability monitor. Um, Polar has one. You get them on Amazon. I think I have a, a Zephyr. Uh, strap, which I've had some more success with uh, than the other ones. Um, there are a couple of different apps. There's the iFleet, and I'll link to all this stuff in the show notes. The iFleet um, app, and then there's the Sweetbeat. Sweetbeat takes about um, three minutes, and the iFleet takes 55 seconds. So I, I generally, and I have both of them just because I'm a nerd, and I like to know how different things work. So are they I was, free or do you have to pay for them? Uh, I think one of them's like four ninety nine, and the other one's like nine ninety nine or something. But to me, it's definitely worth it. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you just get the strap and you test. You know, fifty five seconds every morning to kind of get an idea of where you're at, and then you can know if if the training is 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 you know too stressful for you. So awesome. So heart rate variability is good. And then we're gonna talk to at some point when Mike T Nelson is on, we're gonna talk to him as well. So about heart rate variability. So thank you for listening. To this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. Like, what this is the awkward, most awkward mismatch of all time. <laughs> right. Uh, so you can find us online at uh, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Links to the Facebook page, YouTube channel, Simply Human Kids, and Simply Human Moms page. Follow me on Twitter at simplyhuman52. Email the show, simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. You can email Rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. And if you are a, a friend of mine or Rick's and you were listening to this, and you, like a personal friend, and you have not left a review on iTunes. Just do it. Consider, consider yourself dead to us. Whoa. That's, that's yeah. I, that, that's all I'm gonna say. Well, you can, you, you can be undead. You can become a. Uh, you can you can fix that relationship yeah. by just leaving it. And leaving it can be a one word. You know what? I will. How about this? I'm going to encourage right now an iTunes review drive. Yes. And all you have to do is one word. And the word in the review, however many stars you feel like doing, but the word in the review is the word but. Just write one <laughs> word, just but, and however many stars you feel like we deserve, and do it. But, I feel like that's the key right yeah, now. Yeah, just doing something funny. Yeah, I think we're up to eight reviews, and so, yeah, we want to, we want to break in. So, um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Obviously, know there are a lot of options out there. Uh, thanks for making us part of your day, however you're uh, listening to us. Um, and so that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, you're going to die sooner. <laughs> so until next time, enjoy yourself.